cinematography. It was just absolutely Did you say beautiful. cinematography? Like, <laughs> cinematography. Oh, did it taste good? <laughs> oh, everything I saw in that movie, I wanted to eat. Before they get in your What's up, everybody? Welcome into Montgomery & Co. And as you can see, yes, I am on the go. So we're going to have a little MoCo on the go at the beginning of the show. But man, all right, so listen, moms be doing the most. And we should all be thankful that moms be doing the most. And that's what this episode is all about. We got moms on moms on moms, but not just moms on moms, but the moms that are killing it. Cheyenne Parker, probably going to be an all-star. She's not an all-star. We riot. Amy Olson, a mom that like you'll hear more about her later. Unreal. And then we have our crew, which we just so all happen to be moms. We talk a little bit of representation. And if you listen last week, Anna Valdez talked about the shows making noise. They have diversity. We're going to talk about it. Let's go. Back to moms doing the most. First of all, let me shout out the Wives Club. And when I say the Wives Club, I'm talking about Larry's wife's Robin, Suzanne's wife, Kat. And then, of course, y'all know my baby, Serena. The Wives Club held it down. And I'm also going to say that they got a big dub because they gifted the players just basically travel care packages, just things you might need while you're on the road. You know what I'm saying? See, we try to have everything covered me, Larry, and Suzanne, but of course they're going to think of the nice touch to add to it. Well, those care packages, I like to call them successful because as you guys know, you should know, the Atlanta Dream had an unreal road trip. We're still on our road trip, but we had an unreal beginning to our road trip. We won some big games, but honestly, I feel like we're starting to play like ourselves. I still don't even think we're playing our best basketball yet, but the Wives Clubs gave out gifts for the road, and I feel like the gifts helped. We won games. I mean, I don't you know, I don't know, but I want to shout out the Wives Clubs for doing that because it's a good look. Speaking of wives, by the way, Serena and I, we went on a date. This is like overshare, but not. The reason I'm saying that we went on a date is because we went to the movies to see The Blackening. And a lot of people went to go see The Blackening on Juneteenth. Shouts out to everybody that did that. We were a part of the group. We went to a drive-in theater. And I want to say, first of all, amazing, amazing movie in a sense of I didn't have high expectations. I usually don't for like horror films that are supposed to be a comedy as well. It's like, I don't know whether to laugh or to be scared or it's not even really funny. I'm going to tell you right now, the blackening was actually funny. Like there were moments where I didn't even just chuckle. Like, you know, that chuckle where it's like, (laughs) yeah, that was kind of funny. No, I like laughed out loud on multiple times. I thought that was dope. But here's the thing about watching the blackening at a drive in theater. It was mad dark, like mad black. So that was pretty much like when it was scenes in the woods, we really literally couldn't see what was going on. I felt like I was in the woods too. So I felt like I was submerged in the environment, but it was also like watching my first podcast movie where you literally just got to listen to everything happening. I hear something, I'm like, what was that? Because y'all know you're in the car, so you turn on the radio, so it's surround sound. 
it sounds like if somebody's stepping in the woods behind me, it's like if somebody's stepping behind me. So we got the full on experience. Shouts to the blackening. Like, I think you guys should go check it out. Like I said, I'm not usually one of the people that like those kind of movies, but I like that movie. Shouts to the whole cast and everything. And like, this is not an ad. Nobody. I have no connection to the movie. I feel like I always need to say that. So you guys know, like, this is my real honest opinion. And then as if that wasn't eventful enough. Boy, oh boy, there's the world of sports, right? And we all know sports is sporting. We saw Bradley Beal, what's going on, poor Chris Paul. And I only say poor Chris Paul, it's because it's like, you never want to find out you're traded by anyone other than the people you're supposed to find out you're traded from, your agent, your team. Chris Paul found out he was traded from his son text, from his son's text because he was on a flight on his way to go film a Good Morning America interview, which he still ended up doing the interview. And that's how we found out all this information that I'm saying right now. So it's like sports, man. And that's the thing, because I'm on the other side of sports. I was a player, but now I'm on the management ownership side of sports. And that's the thing that we just always try to do. Like there's certain unavoidable things in sports. Like it's unavoidable that you're going to have to fire someone. But the thing about sports is how you go about your business, you know, like, how do we go about trading that person? How do we go about firing someone, cutting someone? That's where I hope that as the Atlanta dream, like sometimes you can't help it. Like for instance, you can't tell a player that you're planning on trading them before it actually happens because what if the trade doesn't go through and now you're dealing with a disgruntled player? So I understand the nuance and how hard it is, but that's just my hope with the Atlanta dream that at all times, we're gonna try to at least do things in the right manner. Sometimes life happens and things don't work out perfectly. So I'm already saying it now because people are going to be like, hey, aren't you the one that said you're going to try to? Sometimes things don't work out perfectly, but that's how we want to try to do things. Because look, I was a player that got traded abruptly. You know, I was a player that felt like things could have probably been done better. So I've been on the other side of things. I just wanted to wrap to y'all real quick because whenever I see these things happen, I always first just... Think about it from the the athlete perspective, like, dang, poor Chris Paul, because like you just never want to find that news out. He's traveling. He's out and about and he finds out from his son. But then also now it's a chance for Chris Paul to just, you know, figure out his own destiny. You know, he's probably going to end up somewhere in L.A. Bradley Bill is going to be in Phoenix. We do know that this is only the beginning. I mean, it's NBA draft week. So there's a lot going on in the sports world. And speaking of that, we're going to continue the sports world conversation because I told you all about the moms doing the most, right? Cheyenne Parker is one of those players that you just want the best for. Does the right things. Takes care of everybody else. Does takes care of her body, herself. Shouts to her mom because her mom was telling me that, like, listen, they feed her nutrients. Her mom wanted to feed the whole team nutrients. Like, I'm trying to get these girls ready from the inside out. So shouts to Cheyenne Parker, Naomi, her whole family, because it's like players like that, that they just go about doing things the right way. Probably the mom of the team. You just want all the success in the world for them. And Cheyenne Parker, if you don't follow me on Twitter, I tweet this very often. Cheyenne Parker is a WNBA all-star, period. All right, now let me go holla at Cheyenne Parker right quick. The Atlanta dream starting, uh, listen, everything. Shouts to Cheyenne, man. She's been holding it down.
We're here with Cheyenne Parker. And first of all, welcome because you just, I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? You was fresh off of overseas, but you was playing against Ryan's team. How was that? Like, you know, is it is it interesting? Like, I know the answer, by the way, you guys, because I played overseas against teammates. But I'm asking you for the people that don't know. How is it, like, going against your own teammate? Um, it's weird. <laughs> it's very weird. Because y'all was just hugging yeah, and y'all, like, like besties. All yeah, like, <laughs> that's my baby. So it was definitely weird, like, especially because she hit the game winner. Yes, she did. And I was very salty. And she's, like, all bubbly and giggly and coming to try to hug me after the game. And I'm just like, relax. I'll talk to now. you later. Talk to you later. I need a minute. <laughs> so, yeah. It's funny because she basically says she self-appointed herself godmother. Yes. <laughs> so she just came in here and told did. us that yeah. she's the god. So is she is it yeah. official? Yeah, she is. So she she's, really is? She's proven that she, that she can be. So, so it was a trial run. It was a trial run, but she definitely... That's her godmother now. Okay, a lot of people, you have to literally come back from overseas and then boom, you hop right into a WNBA season. Like, how do you get your mind right to reset? You went all the way to the finals. Um, I think, well, for one, going to the finals actually helped me because it, it, it was the first time I had made it to the finals in my professional career. Okay. Um, so it gave me a lot of experience and taught me a lot of things just being there. But the adjustment, I think, just bouncing back is—it's is, been an adjustment because yeah. Tanisha is Tanisha, <laughs> and it's just a—it's a huge difference, like the yeah. expectations. But it's just like I was yearning for that, just yeah. to be coached, like in a good way, you know, just have good coaching. So I'm like, I'm excited to be back and just kind of whip, get whipped back into <laughs> this mentality of. Um, just being the hardest working toughest team, you know? Man, yeah, no, and I mean, just as I think about this season, we were right there last season, but I really think that the thing that everybody noticed about us was, like, how we were as a team. You were a part of that. Kia Vaughn's back, even though she was. But so going into this next season, like, what's the jump? What's year two jump for everybody? I think us just the things that we lacked last year, like mainly, like, our discipline mm -hmm. on offensively and defensively, just having – that transition, like having the growth that we need in order to take that next step, because that's the only thing that yeah. really held us back. Definitely, no, I agree, and it's like, I want people, because you're like a, you're the new age, I think, women's athlete, in a sense of you're doing everything right now, and so now, Naomi, was she over there with you? And, and, yes. So, for the moms, because this is a whole yeah. genre, traveling with a child, overseas with a child, like, <laughs> honey, first of all, let me just, <laughs> Let me just clap it out because it's hard for me to even function by myself overseas. I'm just keeping it real, and I played overseas 10 seasons. It ain't easy, so, like, what's a tip? Traveling with kids, what's a tip? Like, for I want to give something to moms real quick before I go into overseas. Like, what's a, what's a trip? Definitely a tip. always have a carrier, those, oh, those carriers, uh -huh. because it's hard to, to try to have a stroller when you already have, like, your bags and everything. Like, you have to have your hands free as much as you yeah. can. But if if your child outgrows the carrier, yes. try to figure out like a way to tall babies because you're gonna have tall she, baby yeah, problems. She, then, yeah. I would say. and she's very tall. Is she taller um, than me? Oh, she's up there. She's getting to you. She's almost there. Oh gosh, you haven't seen her yet. Huh? No, that's why I was so sad. I literally said, "Where's the baby?" You'll see her. You'll see her. Don't worry. Okay, it's don't worry. Season. But okay, but for you, I mean, like a lot of people, we see a Skylar Diggins. We see a lot of players now. Nafisha Collier. Moms in the league are just a normal thing. So, what is that next like level that you think we can grow to support moms in the league? Um, I would say just having like the available amenities 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 like because i have those words that are yeah thank you yes um you know just like 
for home games, having like a back room specifically for a mom yes, if they yeah. need to change their child or nurse their child. Yeah. You know, just having that kind of intimate space. I because think that would be is, helpful. Because we've never seen this in sports. I mean, yeah, you know rare. what I mean? This yeah, is, it's like a new thing. It really is. So I like, think everyone's learning along the way. Like in Italy, like it was like I was talking to children. What like, do you mean? Like they just could not <laughs> figure maybe, out what maybe you did. This out. <laughs> but it was just like. Well, okay, I'm asking you, so was it, what was it like in Italy then with like, Naomi? It was, there were times where I had to really break down, like, I have a daughter, so mm-hmm. I can't, like, do this. Or I, yeah. I have a daughter, so I need a playpen, or um, gotcha. uh, a crib in, in the room. I need you to request that. Oh, honey, they wouldn't even get the sleeping materials. Like that. Yeah, okay, so, okay, I see. Just, you know, just realizing, like, okay, she might need an extra, uh bag to check because she has to pack her daughter's And they was trying not thing. to cover it as a team yeah, expense. Yeah, just so little things like We that. need to get you an extra check bag is what for them. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm listening. <laughs> okay, you need well, a Well, the backer. dream has been exceptional. Oh, I, for real? I, no, I have no complaints with the dream. Oh, I, honestly, amazing. When I came back, I said, I will never complain again. Wow. Because really you saw all me. the, oh. Yeah, really being over there really humbled me and changed my perspective because the things that, you know, even like a meal after practice. Mm-hmm. A massage, uh-huh. <laughs> like those type of things, man, they go a long way, and I just I appreciate them so much more now, because I went without them, and I realized like, wow, this stuff is like so helpful, you know. Facts. No, so. I love hearing that. Look, I didn't even this was I didn't tell her to say. I'm just gonna let y'all know. Like, I love hearing that because I was about to be calling folks afterwards. Like, does Shania have somewhere to put the baby? Like, are we? But I'm happy no, to hear that yes. it's okay. So mm-hmm. going into this next season I always like to ask people like not just the basketball season but what are some of your off the court goals because you know Haley sometimes I hoop she has a but like what everybody's building their brand at the same time as on their on the court yeah what are things that you're building so uh, right now I'm really focusing on learning more about entrepreneurship and real estate okay um, investing and really like learning it's a, it's definitely a business and you yes. have to know it yes. in order to be successful so that's what I've been so Dabbling real estate, in. and so post-basketball, that might be where you want to, or do you want to yes. stay around the sport, or you're like, yeah, I'm about to. I would love to stay around the sport um, in some in some ways. I don't really see myself coaching, though. Maybe when I'm, like, older. I said I would never. I mean, yeah. just to be honest, I was like, I would never coach. I don't see myself doing it either. Maybe, if, but you know, you never say never. <laughs> you're supposed to never say never. I know, yeah. so I didn't say it out loud. It even felt uncomfortable saying yeah. it to you there, but it's just like, now I think I'm comfortable enough to say I, I won't coach, you don't but see it. Okay. everything ain't for everybody. Right, but right. I'm just curious. So real estate, you think that that's the kind of space that you're in? Yeah, like, because be I in? like to have, my whole thing is financial freedom. I want to mm-hmm. be able to just do what I want. Like, I like production and things like that, yeah. maybe getting into producing um, right. t- different like television shows and stuff like you know oh girl you need you to talk know. to us then we got oh, big things coming oh, okay, I'm, just, I'm just you know everything I feel like is in the right time like yeah. right now I'm fo- I have a lot of goals like basketball wise and I'm yeah. really trying to hone in on that and you know being a mom it's like I gotta have a very very narrow like focus yeah and right now it's basketball Naomi basketball Naomi well, I love Naomi, that basketball Naomi basketball either way in, in <laughs> the order that you're saying right. but how do you balance everything though because I was even talking to like Aerie where she's a fresh new wife you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. oh, and when are you April 2024 okay yes, that's, okay that's has that been stressful planning are you keeping it intimate yeah. I mean, like, a little <laughs> 
<laughs> like, so have you been like hands-on planning or you're like, just make well, it nice? my bridesmaid is, is helping me a lot, okay. which is my sister. Uh -huh. She's helping a lot, but she's also my sister. So it's times oh. where I just be like, oh, call you back. Just text uh, just me. Just handle it. Like, I don't like, want to deal with it. Yeah. For real? And is yeah. it going to be intimate or? We're, we're, we're going to do something intimate in Jamaica and then wow. like a broader like just like a Jamaica, Jamaica, let's Georgia. go. Yeah, just like an intimate type of thing. So what's happening? You about to be a new, like a I'm whole a wife. wife out here. <laughs> you about to be a whole wife out here. Yes, I'm gonna be a wife. So people ask me this all the time, but WBA has groupies, right? Like I don't, like I always tell people, of course they do, but yes. I feel like you're a player that probably gets, like before they know that you, you know, your DMs probably, people probably shoot their shot at mm -hmm. you. Like real, like dudes be, did they be asking you to fly them out? <laughs> <laughs> I've never had anyone ask me that, no. But no. what they be saying then, how do the dudes do it? Because, like, you know, like, if it's an NBA player, he might be like, come to a game, I'll fly yeah, you I've out. Yeah, I've been so. offered to get flown out and stuff. Oh, because the NBA players have also yeah, flown you out. Oh, my yeah, bad. Yeah, I've had that. But oh. it's, to me, like, I'm a mom. <laughs> Back off. <laughs> Y'all better back off, man. Listen, I'm excited for this season, though. I just Me feel too. like each year everyone's elevating and getting better. But, man, y'all back off. I didn't even think that they were them thirst buckets. She's engaged. She about to be a whole wife. What did you say, April 2024? Yes. Wow. Lord willing, yes. Lord willing. She comfortable, too. I don't know if y'all oh, can no, see. Oh, no, they but, can't. I just oh, want to make sure. <laughs> Okay, That's why I came in here like this. I have my cherries on, too. Appreciate you, Sean, man. Yeah, appreciate you talking to me. Bring the Always. baby to me, though. Oh, I, you know, if I know. Tell, what's, what's, uh, Keevan. Keevan? Yes. Tell Keevan, like, y'all know where I'll be at every him. game. And he yes, was just, I'll tell him. He know where I'll be at yep. every game. Can't miss you. I want to cuddles. And when Can't she's taller you. than me, we're going to have to discuss something. <laughs> no, Does but when you see play? her, you're going to be like. Is she tall for real? She's so she's like a three year old, but she's only sixteen months. She's taller than me. I remember. <laughs> I just I just thank you for joining the show. The baby's already taller than me. Like, but for real, Sha, I'm excited to yes. see every year you elevate. Next, we have pro golfer Amy Olson. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, Amy is a pro golfer, but I'm going to just, I'm just going to start out with the, because you're literally, this is, you're the definition of mom's doing the most, okay, in a good way. You started out golfing at the whopping age of two, and now you just qualify for the U.S. Open, U.S. Women's Open at Pebble Beach while pregnant, seven months pregnant, 
as a matter of fact, do I have this all correct? Like, is that you? <laughs> yeah, that that's me. I so I qualified two weeks ago. I was five and a half months pregnant okay. at that point. So when Pebble Beach comes around, I will be seven months pregnant. And with with the U.S. Open, I mean, the U.S. Open is just a historic championship to start with. And then with it being out of venue like Pebble Beach this year, I was like, I will waddle down that fairway <laughs> if I have to. Like, I don't care. <laughs> Baby is not about to stop this turn up. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'm going to I'm going to tell her or him. I guess I don't know yet. I have a feeling it's a girl. I just have a strong feeling. Oh, so you're um, just like manifesting a girl inside of you. <laughs> I guess, but I'm like, one day I will tell this little one this story and I'm, it's just going to be a really cool memory. So I'm looking forward to it. It's very exciting. I mean, imagine that though, right? You're a kid and like, don't go win it, Amy. Cause imagine if you just like, I mean, I'm just saying if you do the unthinkable and you go win it while seven months pregnant, if it's a girl or a boy, like, what are you going to name them? Like, if that happens, like, what, what's the name going to be? I haven't even, like, thought that far. I mean, we've thought of names, but, you know, besides the, uh, you can't, you can't name the kid Pebble, can you? <laughs> like, that's just rude. I'm just saying, Pebble <laughs> Beach is where you won. Would that be your first uh, U.S. Open win? Yes. Yep. Amy, I mean, I just. I'm just saying. I know. Ivy Pebbles is the name. And honestly, you shot, what, six under par? Uh, a 38-hole qualifier. Thir so yeah, 36 holes. We played two rounds in a day. And I qualified outright. The other players went into extra holes. Um, but yeah, so I, I shot six under, qualified outright. So yeah. So you're clearly still playing at a high level. I'm just curious because we've seen it in the WNBA where players have started playing back after two months. De'Erica Hamby, Cheyenne Parker on my team, Nafisha Collier came back after. So I'm curious what your philosophy is going to be. Are you going to at least give yourself a break since you played all the way up until seven months? Or are you trying to get back out on the course as soon as possible? Yeah, you know, honestly, I want to enjoy being a mom. That's something that I've looked forward to. I've always wanted, you know, until it happens, you never know if you'll be able to. And so um, I'm going to enjoy being a mom. I'm not committing one way or the other, you know, how long I'm going to be gone. If I'll come back, I I'm honestly not sure. So I'm just going to enjoy every single week leading up to it. Honestly, like the way the LPGA works is I've only ever had status one year at a time to start with. So I've always had to make my decisions. Like, what am I going to do this year? And I can't even think about next year yet. So honestly, this is no different than how I've lived for the past 10 years. Now, that's cool. So you talked about the LPGA and I'm curious because there's a lot of movement happening right now. There was a new chairman named and, and now there's the newly created PGA Live Golf entity. What are your thoughts on the merge of the PGA Tour merging with Live Golf? So right now, the, the tours that merged from what I saw were the PGA Tour, Live Golf and the DP World Tour. So the LPGA is not not in on that arrangement at okay. all. We really haven't had, I don't even know that we've been in conversations. Like, obviously that's something our commissioner um, would know. I wouldn't know that. Um, but yeah, it's definitely going to shake things up. I mean, when Liv started that already shook, shook things right. up a ton now with them merging, I have no idea what golf is going to look like in the next year or two. Um, so yeah, I honestly, I have no, I've like, blank thoughts right now <laughs> no i mean it's cool because like i'm not like you know i'm basketball so i'm not really submerged in the golf world um but you know we just kind of see things from afar so that's why i wanted to ask you about it but speaking of like basketball and golf 
there's it's interesting because we're both women's sports in the general sense of the term, but golf has a better chance of almost reaching that money status that we hope that all women's sports could be in because like for you, first of all, congratulations. I love seeing women win. And in 2018, four years into your career, you crossed the 1 million mark in your career earnings. And then 2019, you crossed the 3 million mark. And I'm curious when you see, like, I'm, I don't know if it's the same in golf, but what are your salaries? Like I'm excited for you because those are high salaries, but are they comp- in comparison to your male counterparts? Like, you know, like, cause with the WNBA, as we all know, it's been talked about a lot, but is it the same in golf? Yeah, there, there's a huge disparity. Um, uh, you know, and this is, this is before live kind of came on the scene. So live took the men to even a more astronomical level, but pr- you know, prior to when live entered the scene, women, if you were to compare like the number one in the world on the men's side to number one on the, on the women's, we make 10%. And same if you look down the money list on like the 50th person or the 100th person, like just add a zero onto, or I mean, it's just like, yeah, it's add a zero onto whatever we make. And then that's where the guys are at. So, I mean, there is a disparity, but I will say, I think tennis and golf have been two of the sports that have, you know, have really tried to, they've tried different things. Even, um, I've really looked up to tennis and how they really partnered with the men. Um, I think there's, there's potentially opportunities for us to do that in golf. I'd love to see that. I think that there's, there's a lot of hope. There's a lot of, um, energy behind women's sports right now. And the LPGA is positioned well to be able to maybe take advantage of that. And I look at it the same. I mean, we talk about money a lot because obviously I was an athlete for 11 years. I didn't accure generational wealth while playing, but I hope that the athletes behind me at a certain point can. And you talked about like partnering with the the men's side and different things of that nature. I'm curious, like how are sponsors responding? Like, you know, like for instance, do y'all have the same amount of sponsors? Are y'all connected as a brand at all? Like is PGA and L- so y'all are two completely separate entities. Totally separate, totally separate organizations. Um, we actually have, well, we have a joint tournament that's going to start. I think it's in December of this year. And there'll be like 16 players from our, tour and then 16 players from their tour that will combine forces and like have a little team event. So, I mean, that's a very small, you know, one event, but it helps exposure. Cause to me, it's like, it's always eyeballs drive money. Yep. And so like the whole point is just to get more fans, more engagement, more awareness. And I think partnering with other organizations that maybe have a different fan base is really important because we kind of have the same people that watch us every single week. And if you want more money, you need more eyeballs and you have to pull them from somewhere that aren't already watching you. No, that makes me think of the match where they start to bring in a little bit of star power athletes from different sports. And it's like, let me go see. I don't normally watch golf as much. Sorry. I'm going to watch it more. Amy, I want to watch you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just saying like when I saw like, Oh, okay. You got like some football players and Steph Curry and clay, there's different ways to kind of do that crossover. Um, I also saw something that you said not, well, let me just start by saying, I always tell my son to play loose when he's playing basketball because, you know, you have to say a certain level of loose, but then I couldn't explain to him how be focused, but play loose. And I saw you break it down perfectly where you said the hardest thing about golf is that you train like it's the most important thing to you, but you have to play like it doesn't matter. So that's something that I think a lot of folks would need to, to do to in life 
So I'd love to hear you kind of break down more like how do you go about loosening your nerves when like you have a big match coming up or anything of that nature? Like, how do you get loose when it sounds good? Like, yeah, everybody says get loose, but when you're not loose, what's up? I know. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, for me, a huge part of that has always been my faith and having proper perspective and why are we working hard? And like, I think so many people work from a place of like, I have to achieve this certain result so that I'm known for whatever. And it's all like, there's so much pressure based on the result. I view it very differently. You work because this is an opportunity God's placed before you and you want to make the most of it and you want to be the best that you can be for him. And so working from that mindset versus working to like achieve whatever win it is or whatever like milestone you're working for. So like that takes care of like why you work and that motivation but then also realizing that like he has a way bigger story than the one you're trying to write. And like, you don't know what your role in that is. So being free and letting him write the story and not trying to micromanage, like, this is the story I want. So working really hard, but also letting go. And for me, that's, it's all about perspective and more from the mental side. I mean, there's a lot of things day of the tournament that I do, whether it's like breathing, um, you know, just trying to, to, to stay loose physically. Cause there's certain things when you're, when you're anxious, things tighten up things get quicker, you know, there's just physical reactions. So for me, it's mental and physical. Coming up next, we have more with pro golfer Amy Olson. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. from a sports family so do you have like a sports nucleus family that you were born into or a part of now because i think your husband didn't your husband isn't your husband into sports as well yeah so um my dad my dad was like an amateur golfer he loved it just for fun he never never dreamed of having a pro like as a daughter that was never in the plans but he just loved it so i grew up on the golf course and then my brother played college golf at the same time i did so we were both division one athletes together so i had a ton of support growing up competing with him and then when I ended up getting married to my husband, Grant, he was actually a division one football player at North Dakota state where we all played. Um, and so he has that football background, but it's crazy. Like we talk about all the time, like the difference between, and I'm sure basketball would have like a lot of contrast with golf, but in football, it's like that adrenaline, like that hype, like that's good for you. Cause you can go tackle somebody like he was a <laughs> linebacker. So he's like, yeah, like what are you doing? You're turned up for golf. Like, what do you even do? <laughs> it's, it's so the opposite. Like if you have a scale of like how hyped up you want to be from like one to 10 <laughs> in golf, I 
ideally it's like two. <laughs> no. Yeah. See, they would never let me, you know what? I need to pull up to a golf. Cause it's like, that is the opposite of my ethos. I am like turned for like, I'm like the hype person on the team. So for golf though, like, yeah, the fist bump, we remember Tiger Woods, like, but what are you like, what would happen if you just turned up in certain situations? Like you make a huge birdie putt, like you hole out from a certain point, like, yeah, you're going to be jacked and you got to release it. Like you have to let that out because then for your next shot, you have to come back to a place of like, yeah, somewhat calm. So there's a place for it. Like you can't, you can't be calm all the time. You have to release it Golf when it's feels right. calm all the time though, to somebody that's used to like maybe basketball. Yeah. Oh, totally. And so like, I mean, like I said, there's going to be a few situations where you like sink a clutch birdie pot or whatever, where you're just like that fist pump comes out, like that energy comes out. But then honestly, like you got to snap right back Wow. and you have to get back to that, like calm, fluid, like chill kind of vibe, because honestly, being really jacked up with adrenaline is not helpful in golf ever. Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Cause I can see that you have to be very intentional about your movement. So when you get home, do you just like lose it? Do golfers, like when they get in the house, they just start screaming and losing and letting everything out that you couldn't maybe have let out. I'm trying to figure out where does the energy <laughs> go? <laughs> I know, you know, I, I don't, but I will say like, I still, there's times like depending on where I'm at in my career, or, like what kind of a phase I'm going through, like if I'm struggling, if I'm doing really well, there's certain times where I have a really hard time deregulating, like coming, I come back to my hotel and I'm like, I can't sleep because I still have this energy that I need to release. So like some people are like, I'm going to go do some sprints. I'm going to, whatever oh, no, it is, honey. <laughs> I, that's not me. Trust me. That's not me. <laughs> but like, for me, sometimes it's just like being able to like process if I don't process my round mentally and I'm like, okay, this is what I should have done. Like, this is what I want to do tomorrow. If I don't go through that process, I'm like, I still stay jacked up on adrenaline for hours. So there is a place like you have to find your way to release it for sure. I want to ask you about some basketball players that play golf, like J.R. Smith. How is his golf game? Like, how would you describe his golf game? Because if I'm describing his hoop game, he could shoot it with the best of them. He could shoot it from deep. He had low key bounce and he was like, you know, don't get dunked on. But what is like golf JR like? <laughs> I have no idea. I've never oh, seen him golf. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, he's not. He, I don't even, he's not a professional golfer. Right. Have you seen Steph Curry golf? I've never seen him what? golf. What? I'm sorry. I don't even, I know I live under a rock. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is kind of like reverse. You know how sometimes if you ask men about like a women's player, they'll be like, Donna Taurasi, who would I be like, are you crazy? And, but then it's like, okay, maybe. So you haven't, you haven't seen any of these guys who, I mean, not who golf. Yeah. We, I, I'm in my bubble. I'm in my oh, bubble. This is hilarious. But I will say what's really funny. Like, Seeing, I mean, I'm telling you, like basketball players, football players, like particularly de depending on the position that they play, like really good athletes, right? And then you see him pick up a club and you're just like, you look <laughs> so uncoordinated. Because honestly, I think the only sport, I talked to my husband about this. I'm like, I think the only sport that translates to golf is hockey. Oh, hockey, like the slap shot is very similar to the golf swing. 
everything else. Like, even if you're like talking baseball or softball, I thought they like, said basketball shooters. They said, since I'm a shooter, Ray Allen told me since I'm a shooter that I should be able to play golf. You'd probably have great touch, but like, it doesn't, there's the motion is very different from the golf swing. So like, you don't have any of the fundamentals as far as like the swing, but I imagine you'd have really good touch like around the greens with putting or chipping or anything like that. Oh, things that is like a feel, basically anything that totally. I can like I'm so totally. intrigued right now because you know golf is the sport. First of all, they call golf the business sport. So does that help you in the business world? I'm just curious. It's the business sport because it's networking. Mm-hmm. Every single week, I don't know. Like there's nothing comparable in the WNBA, but like every single week. So we play Thursday through Sunday, but on Wednesday we have what's called a pro am. So the sponsors <laughs> of our event send like their CEO and their you know whatever maybe some executives to come play in a round with us as players. Wow. And we play what's called a scramble and it's like super chill. But I can see that being very appealing to a sponsor where they get to go play with pros essentially. Yes. Like so the networking because like I'm sorry, I would really like if a CEO of a company came and played <laughs> basketball, like he'd get hurt. He'd get yeah, hurt. Yeah, you was giving him that work. <laughs> <laughs> so like there's not many sports where you can actually like play side by side with the, the premier yeah. athletes in the world and golf is one of those. So that's kind of why it gets called the business sport. And also like even at your local country club, like it's where the doctors, it's where the insurance agents, it's where all of the financial planners, their members, and they're like doing business with each other. Yeah. So it's just the environment. Amy, you need to be racking up because people tell me all the time I need to learn golf. It's like the sport that athletes play after they're done being their yes. sport. Yes. We got to play. Let's make this happen. Yes. Let's. And then you need to come to a game as well. Like totally. You know, whenever you're in the A, come to a, a dream game. And I want to go back though, because you you are a part of a. I didn't know you was a complete sports family. So I always like to when I have people that are a part of sports families. I feel like we have a common understanding of life growing up. Like for instance, if you happen to play any game, does it ever accidentally get competitive? Like way more. <laughs> Way more competitive than the game rules would have probably thought up. It's dangerous. I'm telling you. (laughs) Do you know? Okay. Sorry. The side note, and this is my new passion in life. So I have to find out. Have you played pickleball yet? I'm glad you asked because pickleball feels like what golf was. It feels like pickleball is becoming like for real, for real. Like the athletes like play it as their side sport or their sport after the sport. Totally. Why are you, I have not touched a pickle court. Is that what it's called? Pickleball court. Yeah. Okay. I haven't touched yeah. a pickle court ever, but so what, why did you ask? Well, speaking of things being competitive, like that's my family right now. Like my oh. mom is vicious on the pickleball court. Okay. Your mom, my mom. Okay. So like, it's become a whole family affair. My husband and I play all the time together. We play usually on the same team, not necessarily like against each other. No, that's probably good for the household. That's probably, hey, that's right. Exactly. Don't need any counseling after that. Um, But yeah, so pickleball has become extremely competitive in our family because we're a sports family and we just love to do things with each other and it's going to become competitive. But no, I'm telling you, that's another one. And it's addictive. What is it? Like, it's like, is it basically ping pong on a tennis court? Yeah, it's like mini tennis and it's kind of a plastic wiffle ball. So it's similar to a 
ping pong ball, I guess. And it's, it, it moves really fast when you get up by the net. It's like, it just took over all at it once. Took I, over. Heard, I heard pickleball and then I never stopped hearing it after. So many celebrities are playing it. And like you said, like athletes, it's their side, it's their side thing because it's just, I don't know. It's just fun. Wow. So let me find out that pickleball became the mistress and golf is about to be the side chick to athletes because I'm seeing a lot of athletes, Joel Lloyd in the WNBA. She's been getting into pickleball. I mean, like I'm starting to really see, I think Kevin Durant, his group has something to do with pickleball around there. So it's the new young thing. I'm telling you. Well, listen, Amy, I had fun. Amy, listen, I appreciate you coming through to Montgomery and Co and chopping it up with me. And let me know when Pebbles is born because you're going to win. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Go on to win the tournament. And then you just, the rest is history. But thank you for real for joining me on Montgomery. <laughs> Thanks, Renee. It was a blast. Thanks for having me. You know, we had the crew doing the most. Last week, we had Anna Valdez talking representation, and the crew wanted to tap in on that. Let's go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listen, I just want to be at a point where I watch a commercial and I'm not surprised to see a child of another ethnicity oh, in the yeah. commercial, in the mainstream commercial. Right. You know, when, when I first saw the first mixed marriage on the uh, Cheerios commercial, mm-hmm. I, you would have thought you would have thought I just saw the president walk to my room. I was like, <laughs> my goodness, they got a mixed marriage couple on Cheerios ad. It was like, why should that be something yeah, that we are just so surprised because to we see don't some. see it enough. We don't see it, but I mean now, now, now it's kind of like they really gotten into yeah, it. Like, yeah, they have, but I'm saying yeah. the first time was like what, and then like now I saw a Pampers ad where I saw a child who had Down syndrome, and I thought that was beautiful. Oh, because, I love yes. that is beautiful. Yes, yes. Roy, so I'm do saying you have something is, yeah, there's a good commercial that's been out for a good long while, the Ego commercial, where the uh, mm. where the black mom is pretending to be a reporter. There's a white woman in the kitchen. She's also preparing something and they have a black child. So it's a same-sex couple. Mm-hmm. Yes. Interracial. Mm. Huh. That's very progressive. They checked everybody. Right. Every box. <laughs> Maybe that's why we're getting so much backlash from everything because they're seeing it a lot now. Now that's why all it's the haters and the Karens are coming out because... <laughs> Not the mm-hmm. carrots. <laughs> but yeah, so I, when I saw the child with Down syndrome, I was like, oh, this is beautiful. And then I that saw another commercial, another girl. And I was like, yes, you know, that, and that's another big problem that I didn't want to bring up, but it's a big problem in Hollywood is people playing disabled people, but they're not disabled. And so oh, yeah. someone who's or actually people playing Indians to- who are not Indians or, you mm-hmm. know, 
Native Americans. Of course, we need me. Yes, of course. Yes, and Roy, thank you for helping us be politically correct. Native and, and and it's all about like too, like yeah, and like the accurate portrayal too. Because let's say like if somebody does play somebody of Indian descent that's from India, the parents are Indian, they do play a role. Then they have to play up on their stereotype of having an accent or or doing something. They can't yeah. have like an American accent or or that'll be you know like too progressive. Or that'll be you know like like a lot of times you see ethnic people happen to play into their stereotypes so that's part of the accurate portrayal too you know Absolutely. like i've literally had people tell me like oh my american standard is good like why is that even a thing like yeah i know that i'm latina but is my english not supposed to be good that's because... why it's, like, it's crazy because if somebody said my american standard was good i'd be like what are you even talking about i don't even know what that means right. like i don't like, even know what that means yeah it was like yeah. That, i could see cole's face that's why i said because it means like her english was good because they assume, yeah, yeah like, oh, like oh wow, your english yeah. is really good i'm like yeah i'm american i was born in America and that's exactly how the disabled people feel they're like they played that part so well and they're like yeah but I live it like how are you mm-hmm. gonna tell me you know they get tired of that right. same thing it's like oh what and if they are playing a part they're not well we want you to be more feeble or like they can't be a strong disabled person it's always got to be something that's hindering them from being what they need to be and I watched the whole interview with this guy who was saying the same thing. He's like, you know, it's another standard that needs to be brought to light. So hopefully all of them will go away one day. Well, I'm going to tell you what my toxic trait is. Speaking on these standards and these stereotypes, my toxic trait is that when I see a show that is diverse, I'm telling you what, I'm going to give it a click. Oh, yeah. Every time. Every time. I'm like, what is it like, (laughs) for instance? First of all, like Harlem, if anybody hasn't seen Harlem on Prime Video, well, it's not for it. all audiences. Like Snook, I think there's a little too much activities in oh, there. Oh, I <laughs> don't think so. Maybe you for your not, day. You know what I'm saying? Parental <laughs> discretion advised. But, okay, I'll tell him. Oh, goodness. <laughs> but I like any shows like that, like I'm an instant fan. Like that's my toxic trait. Like I'm going to give it until at least one. Riches on Amazon too. Riches on Amazon Prime. Like I'm going to tell you what, that's my, I'm going to give you one season. Now I can't keep going after one season if y'all don't come with that heat. <laughs> but I can guarantee you, like, if it's a show that has diversity, I'm going to give you one season. That is my toxic trait because I got to just, we all we got. It's kind of how I feel about when I go talk to young hoopers. I just talked at an NIL summit, the College Football Hall of Fame, all kinds of young hoopers. And the first thing I'm asking them is like, are y'all watching the WNBA? Because it mm. sounds so crazy to be asking the college players are they watching? But the crazier part is that some of them are like, yeah, I'm about to start though, for real. Like, I'm going to get into it. I got a couple favorite players and it's like, right. we got to be our own support system if you think other people are going to support too. So it's kind of like That's the true. same thing when it comes to, we know it in sports, but I'm going to start, like, we got to keep that same energy on entertainment because the buying power, the viewership power, it's a real thing. Definitely. Not only TV, your local merchants, your products that are black owned and whatever and a lot of communities they support their own like the jewish community yeah. does a really good job of i think doing the asian that. community does well as well they also do too we don't do that though you know our our community doesn't so we need to do more of that yeah. definitely lift our own selves up we don't want 
to make some let someone else try to lift us. We need to first of all lift our own selves up. The new Transformers movie is about to come out with Renee and I. We were able to see it, yes. and it was so good. But not only just because it was a good movie, had a lot of action, but they had minority casts as leads. They had uh, Anthony Ramos, which was the he was the main character, and Dominique Fishback. And I was like, wow, like okay, okay, representation. You know, I felt all the New York and all the Puerto Rican, Max. you know, vibes <laughs> that I want that I didn't know that I needed, but that I I was like, wow, like. I really felt like the representation factor, you know, in this movie real quick. And and it stems from the director even being, you know, a, a, a black director himself. So he wanted to put that that representation on screen and not just the supporting characters, but the lead characters, you know. Yeah, so, he literally said at the premiere, like, there's going to be a lot of us in there. We wanted it that way. Like, so I was like, that's what's up. Well, look at the last few movies that have been released. Little Mermaid. Oh, I love oh, Spider-Man. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know. I, we have been talking about we hope the numbers go crazy like so when creed came out we hope the numbers went crazy we knew like that all the other ones in the past black panther we knew like it was gonna be a black parade for black panther because it was like we all understood the assignment <laughs> and we, i knew we knew that assignment but i'm gonna be honest real quick like i'm not a little mermaid type of person all right like so i was like I'm not the typical person that would go watch a Little Mermaid movie ever in this lifetime. But I said, we're going to go watch Little Mermaid. Okay. okay? And so <laughs> I was about to say, Renee, go on in there and sit down. <laughs> we already did. So we already pulled up. We oh, went to go saw... see the. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to oh, tell yeah. you, Cole. I'm behind. <laughs> Okay, we was a part of that black parade that went on opening weekend. I think it was 98 million or something on the opening weekend. But for the people that may be like me, it actually wasn't a bad flick. Like I'm not gonna lie. Like I did. I went in there thinking I was gonna answer some emails. I'm just be honest. I went in there thinking, okay, going with the family. I'm gonna answer some emails. I'm probably tweet a little bit, take a photo. Hey, gonna go see Little Mermaid. Did my part. I thought it was gonna be that type of vibe, but I actually watched it. Was it. Very good. It was so good. It was so good. It was. It was so good. And Roy said on the phone during the movie, "Oh boy, yeah, like." I was going to be that I was going to be that human because I was just pulling up for the vibes like the whole family. You know, I wanted to give my money, do my part. I didn't think I was going to like it, but it really was. Serena was crying. Of course. Yes, I cried. I always <laughs> cry. Okay, first of all, The Little Mermaid is one of my favorite fairy tales of ever. I always sing that song, but I don't know. I think it was what also song? that. Sing, what song? What song? The, uh, part of your world. Part of your How world. Does it I, go? That, be quiet. I'm not going to sing it right now. But I always, I, oh, I, I've always loved that story. And so I think it was a representation, you know, factor of it all. Because it's like when she was singing, I just felt like crying. I don't know why she made me want to cry when she was singing. It just, it it was so beautiful and it was like this is gonna catapult her to superstardom and I'm so happy for her and it just brought tears to my eyes because she deserves it you know like you know it, it happened with Black Panther we saw a lot of momentum of Black Panther for sure. but we see, we're seeing that same movement with the Little Mermaid you know it's about time that we have that kind of representation cinematography it was just absolutely did you say beautiful. cinematography like <laughs> cinematography. Oh, it tastes good <laughs> oh everything I saw in that movie I wanted to eat <laughs> <laughs> There she goes. So she did me cinematography. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Well, listen, we didn't even, they didn't even pay us for this. This is not a promo. This no. is, I really pulled up 
snookabooker hungry but it, felt like a, it felt like a broadway show it was so good though it was really it good. really was good like i told you i'm not a little mermaid type of human like i'm really not like this one was legit one thing y'all gonna know about me i won't talk about something before i talk about it and lie about it so <laughs> i really actually like the little mermaid but roy i wanted to circle back real quick roy said something when we were talking about just the different representation in We've there's a lot of British actors. I saw there was a whole film. Didn't we watch something, babe? There was a film because Roy said succession with the British Australian people in the show. They do have polished American accents. And, mm. su- and succession is about obviously an American family. But we've seen a lot of big, big, big American roles go to British actors. Definitely. Definitely. Like, there's a film. What was that film? Because I saw Samuel um, Judas and the Black Messiah. Right? Yeah, but I'm talking about there was an actual documentary about British Americans taking American actors. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah. We saw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Samuel Jackson was in it. So it's like for whatever reason, we're no talking about to take his place. <laughs> <laughs> for, for whatever reason, we're kind of like whether it's why not have a black role be a black person? Why not have a Latino role be a Latino person and tell the right stories about those? It still happens too when it comes to American actors and British actors because some of our most iconic roles to Serena's point, Judas and the Black Messiah, Snowfall even, any any roles that, um, what's his name, Damson is in. Mm-hmm, Damson Idris. Yeah, I mean, is, isn't he a British actor? Mm-hmm. So it's like, but they kill it. So here it's like, there's the catch 22 of it all. It's like not saying that an American actor wouldn't kill it, but boy, have they perfected these accents and perfected the Absolutely. characters and the roles so much that- I'm not it, mad at Idris though. Idris, oh, oh yeah, man. Yeah, Idris <laughs> Elba too. Yeah, not mad, not mad at all. <laughs> At all. See, that's you see what I'm saying? <laughs> so y'all are part of the problem then, okay? Look, look at you. But that's okay. what I was talking about when we had the conversation about who would be like Denzel's like successor. I said predecessor before, I said the wrong word. But that's why I said Michael B. Jordan, because he is American. And yes, Damson Idris, he does have that that Denzel swag and, and all that, but he has the, a lot. You know, that he has made, a lot. Yeah, he has a lot. But then the thing about Denzel is that, you know, he was African. He said, yeah. Look, it's crazy. But, you know, he has he, he's American, too. So that's what you know, that's what sets him apart from a lot of actors. No, as well. I know. And that's what's crazy, because I do think that Damson is going to have a Denzel S career, which is going to be crazy because he is British. But I I do think he will. I think he'll have such a wide range of roles. I don't know, but to your point, yeah. I'm still not trying to hear that foolishness. <laughs> they will but never. I, they will never. They will never. Well, there, they, they will never. There will never be another Denzel. Hello, Absolutely. We know that. Denzel, yeah. Mr. I can eat an apple better than anybody else. We know this man. <laughs> Mr. Oh, you disloyal. Like, we know this man, okay? There's no other. But somebody else got to come up and be great. So greatness can follow just in a different way. Very good. Thank you. Okay, so at the top of the show, I talked about the blackening. And then we're talking about The Little Mermaid. And I'm dead serious when I say that neither one of those shows would really be my type of shows. I honestly went to go watch them for the representation of it all. Like, that's just how I am. If like, sue me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Like, in a sense of... If there's a movie that has representation in it, like The Little Mermaid or like The Blackening, I'm going to just check it out just because if there's a TV show, I'm going to give you a good one to two episodes, the benefit of a doubt. I'm going to check it out. So that's just what I do. And then hearing Anna Valdez talk about 
how those shows actually tend to do well. The Last of Us, Encanto, all those shows that have the different diversity and different flavors. It's Pride Month. And so when we talk about representation for women, minorities, LGBTQ, all of that goes together. So this Pride Month and every month, man, just think about representation and support. Cause y'all know representation is definitely a generational thing. We'll see y'all next week. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Men deserve toys, too. Manly toys. With Goat Guns, we turned historical firearms into accurate miniature gun models. They are one-third the scale and less than one-tenth the cost. Our die-cast metal models come with intricate working parts so you have something to fidget around with during those work calls. Have a little fun and start your gun model collection today at GoatGuns.com.